Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today, we are going to talk about Andrew Mangiapane being the engine of this team, along with two emotional comebacks for this team and just how great of a week it has been in Calgary. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to or welcome to Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined with my partner in crime, Nick Zoraris of pretty much every <laughs> Giants, New York Rangers content that you can find. Uh, today, we are going to be diving into some really fun stuff because the Flames had a really great game against the Panthers. Uh, what should have been the Matthew Kachuk revenge game turned into, I guess, the Huberdo and Uyghur revenge game. And of course, Sean Monahan's homecoming, as well as the goaltending just finally, finally finding their rhythm. But before we talk about that, please remember to subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Audible, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube. And let's jump right into Andrew Mangiapane. I... I've been grinding so hard for this kid, like, since I started covering this team. He, he's great. Like, I feel like that's just, that goes without saying. But what did you notice from him in this game against the Panthers? He was just a lot more present. Uh, That sounds like a very, like, cop-out type answer about what did I notice? Well, I saw him more. He was more engaged. They were able to make things happen in transition a little bit, force Florida into turnovers in the neutral zone in their own zone, which is what we know the Flames want to do is force the other team into making mistakes, have to go less of the way up the ice. And he set up the first goal in the game, which was very nice. He hit Dubé with the pass. And that's going to be key for them going forward is getting that second line going. And part of that is going to be just Manjapani putting together consistent performance performances night in night out and I know you're going to say well he's got Kadri centering him why isn't Kadri it's a different kind of skill set that when you're assembling these lines everybody's bringing different things to everybody is bringing different things to a line when you have the ideal line composition and Manjapani is as high end of a grinder as you can have in this league because he has 25 30 goal potential if he's in the right situation which the shooting luck is relatively the same he's within Mm -hmm. I think half of a percent of what he was at five on five last year. But the thing is the defense hasn't been there because the team defense as a whole hasn't been as good and the goaltending hasn't been as good. So for the flames to really put it together, it's going to be incumbent upon Manjapani to keep stringing together performances like this, because if they can get that second line going, then the burden of on that first line becomes less. And then you get, it's really will help sort out most of the lineup because this team is built on its depth in theory, at least when you look at it on paper, this, is supposed to be a three-line team with a fourth line that can give you 11 and a half, 12 minutes a game and won't kill you. And that's it. That's all you need is if you get those top nine going, like they look like they're capable of, this is a really deep team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last week or earlier this week, Brad Tree Living 
made a comment about Mangiapane being yeah. playing like a beat up Civic. And I was like, yes, but also we have Milan Lucic, character who is yes. just like a Buick out there, just taking up all this space. But I think the thing for Mangiapane here is, you know, finding that happy medium again, because last year he was going on goal scoring tears but then he would be streaky with it. And I would much rather him play a streaky scoring game, but still be able to set up Dubé, Kadri, whoever, whoever's on that line. And, you know, he is one of the best two-way players in the league, or he's getting up there. And I think that that is something once, like you said, once the Flames defense kind of shakes this weird thing off, and figures themselves out, he can engage in that, engage in the forecheck and just everything. And it'll be great. That That's a really good point you mentioned about him going on the crazy shooting binges last year. I mean, there were more multiple stretches where he would have like six and eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go two weeks without a goal. And then he'd yeah. have another like five and seven type streak. And that, that happens. Guys get hot. They're feeling themselves. They're more inclined to shoot. If they're cold, they're less inclined to shoot. So getting into a nice rhythm would help. I mean, that, that's been the story of the Flame season so far is a lot of stops and starts, sputtering, trying to get their footing. You're starting to see it stabilized now. Like we said before, the goaltending has gotten a little bit better. Last four games, the goaltending has gotten better each game. The save percentage, the the accumulated save percentage for the season is going up. It's been going up since um, the first game against the Panthers, which was the lowest point it reached at any point in the season. At like 887, something along those lines. At at five on five, 887. But it's been going up since then. They're about to break. I think they're over 900. I think it's like 907 on the year after the game the other night against Florida. So that's really encouraging because that's really been the only issue. The Flames have been mm-hmm. able to score in a lot of these games and put up five, six goals. It's just the other team is also putting up five or six goals. So it's really hard to win every game when it's in a shootout. So if Manjapani gets going, they get Kadri into a nice rhythm, stabilize the rest of the lineup. They don't have to juggle the lineup as much if they start to stabilize, which has been an issue so far. And that's the thing. They've really been trying. And I'll give Daryl credit as a Ranger fan who's watched Gerard Gallant just keep the same lines pretty much the entire the last month while the team has well, Daryl's at least throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. He's trying to find something going. Like most people were like Huberto on the third line. Daryl's trying. He's, gonna, he's, he's Yeah, that's the thing. So when I remember when Jeff Ward was still coaching this team and Gallant was coaching Mangiapane at um, Worlds and everyone was like, why did they not interview Gallant? Thank God they didn't. But like, I just, the, he was able to get Mangiapane going and obviously he won the MVP uh, during that tournament. But the other thing for streaky scorers, there were, there were periods where Matthew Kachuk, I know we're living in the past year for a second, but he would go 18, 19 games without a goal. That's a long time. That is a, almost a quarter of your season. Yeah. So don't be mad when Mangiapane goes four or five games without a goal. It's I promise it's not the end of the world and he will find the back of the net. 
Oh, and the last thing on this is you got to remember a lot of his production is coming at even strength and even mm -hmm. strength goals are by their nature harder to come by than um, power play goals. And the Flames power play has been an issue this year. I think it's 22nd in the league. Last year, I think they were about 11th or 12th. And that was with a lot more high end players. So and Manjapani not a power play guy. His skill set is conducive to being the high end of high end grinder, the type of guy that every good team has. I mean, last year was easily the best season of his career. He got really hot in those periods of those prolonged periods where he would pot, like we said, the six goals in seven games type and then the biggest thing is finding stability in the lineup last year pretty consistently was playing with um Backlund and Coleman pretty much most of the season not really anybody else and now because they brought new people in they've had to try and get those new people acclimated and because they brought in new guys who are higher end guys they've kind of had to reconfigure their lineup around them and I don't want to say Man Manjapani was an afterthought in the lineup construction but you can very clearly tell it was more about okay we need to get Huberto going we need to yeah. find a way to get Kadri going. We know what we already have in Andrew here, so let's worry about our new guys first. And as we go along, we'll figure out what we want to do with him. Yeah, and you know, that just goes to say and show that he can fit in anywhere on this yes. team and his versatility. And, you know, nothing but Manjupani love on this podcast. We have Always. been so Manjupani since day one, and um, I don't think that will ever change. But nope. coming up next, we are going to talk about Florida, the Florida Panthers game, and of course, the two homecomings this week, and why one might be a little bit better than the other. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. As always, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, and they are your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends here on BetOnline.net. From football to basketball to soccer, the World Cup's going on. Go bet on – did Canada get eliminated today? Yes, Canada got Oh, eliminated. I was going to yeah. say go bet for Canada. Don't bet on Canada. That will be a waste of money. But we've got you covered at betonline.net for whatever you decide. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting fix. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. I threw it out on Twitter <laughs> saying, you know, if you're going to the game, are you booing? Are you cheering? What, what are you doing? And it really was a mixed bag because I think people are upset with Kachuk. You know, he kind of dissed Calgary in terms of, you know, oh, I didn't really have much to do here. You know, it was lonely. Like, I sympathize with that because of my own personal situation. But, you know, I, I do appreciate that people were able to, you know, give him a little standing ovation and a nice little tribute video. But as soon as that puck touched his stick, all the love was gone. I completely agree. That's generally my rule of thumb when it comes to these kinds of things is during the pregame stuff, be nice, be cordial, give them their due, round of applause. But once the game starts, you got a game to win. At, right. at the end of the day, you just got another game to win. And that's what's important. And that's why I was happy to see that pregame. He got a nice hand. I, I don't. I assume you saw during the game where Lindholm ran into him at full speed and Matt helped him back up. And that was the first nice thing Matt's ever done playing hockey in his entire life. 
yeah, honestly, like that, I don't know. Like there's still like, I have so much love for Kachuk because yeah. of the skill he brought to this team, but like his personality, I don't miss defending his like ratness that he brought to the ice. Um, but honestly, like he is a high end skilled player that the flames are, are missing and it's obvious right now, but you know, like you said, it's it's all about winning the game, and at the end of the day, <laughs> they did just that. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You got to get the two points. You're playing the worst team in the league. You're playing Columbus. Okay, great. We got to get those two points. Right. Sorry, Johnny. We got to get those two points. We're playing Florida. Okay, we got to get those two points tonight against Montreal. Uh, sorry, Sean. We need these two points. Right, right now, they're they're one point ahead of four teams tied for being one point out of a playoff spot there they have 22 and then there are four teams who have 21 points in the in the western conference for that second wild card spot so it all of like the lore and the stuff that we as media people like to talk about that makes you the human element of sports interesting at the end of the day these dudes just got to go to work they got to try and win this game and keep the line moving they're going to clock in the same way that we well most of us go to clock in at our jobs except they make what we make in a year and like two face-offs but you know I just there's no point in being upset over this and putting all this negative energy into it the same way that I saw people today talking about how angry they are at Gaudreau like I'm sorry but it's been like six months yeah come on to like come on you're almost there we we can get over this hump he he's playing for the worst one of the worst teams in the league just you win you win at the end of the day that's the thing that that's what makes this an opportunity for the flames and their fans florida is not a particularly good team right now their goaltending has been a major issue for them this year their defense has not been nearly as good as it was last year why did we take something from them you, you beat me to the joke there. And then Columbus is dreadful. The Flames are very easily winning both of these breakups. It's just a matter of keep moving. I understand the pain. That's part of what makes sports sports. You invest your time and your emotions in Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau in their journeys of Johnny's ups and downs and find another 100-point season after a couple down years. You rest in, oh, we drafted Matthew Kachuk really high. you got to wait a couple years for him to break through and get a chance. Yeah. And then once he comes in, he's one of the great players in the league pretty much right out of the gate once he's stuck at the NHL level. And then all of that, you just got it taken away from you for things that aren't your fault. I mean, the Flames fans are very passionate. They had that building loud on, what was that, Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. they were loud. They were loud on Tuesday. They were they made themselves known. And I get it. I understand that you put all your time and effort into them of uh, being on the team. And then they just decide, well, you're not good enough. I understand why that would be frustrating. Yeah. The Flames have a great community. There is a great community in Calgary that really loves this team. And you you saw it during the playoffs last year, and I understand being frustrated that this wasn't good enough. Well, you're still going to end up probably going further than both of them this year, which should be the end goal at the end of the day. Like, yes, personal vendettas. I am a I am a very petty individual when it comes to getting even. Don't just get even. Do better. Win. Yeah. Do better. They, they beat. They beat Florida both times they played. They get. I think they have. They have one more game against Columbus. Win those. Get even. Go further in the playoffs than both of them. You won the breakup. Right, and you know, 
just I'm a I'm someone who holds a nasty grudge and that is something that I will always do but not when it comes to things like Gaudreau and Kachuk because I like I understand living somewhere where you have no friends and your friends all get traded away is miserable and you have yes. like okay, you're Matthew Kachuk, you're, like, the biggest name in town. You can't just go out to a bar and, like, try to make friends. And I I don't know. I get it. And I get wanting to be a lot closer to your family as well, especially as you're starting a family. But you know who is coming to town that there seems to be no bad blood with? Sean Monaghan. Sean Monaghan. Great dude. Absolutely great dude. And that's the thing, and I, I can tie this point into what we were talking about before. Sean Monahan gave a lot of years of his life to this team. He gave a lot of functionality to the ambul- ambulatory functions of his body to try and win hockey games for this team. And he it is, <laughs> and that's the thing. It, that type of person who's going to be willing to go through that just to play is always going to have a specific place in people's hearts that that's one of the things that I, recurring themes I've always gathered from people is that's part of the reason athletes who put themselves through that stuff is so revered because every single person thinks that if they had that type of God-given ability, they would work that hard to get that far if they were that athletic because oh, yeah. it would be it would be a shame to waste that athleticism. So when they see guys like that who are willing to go through hell just to play, that that really does it, it foster a certain type of respect that not every athlete gets because you know there's a, that notion of they're spoiled, they're overpaid, blah 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 blah. At the end of the day, there's not a lot of people on the planet Earth who can do what these guys are capable of doing. So the fact that they're able to do all of that in spite of their limitations, whether it be injury or just what they're able to do as players. So for Monahan to come back, it'll be nice. And the thing is. That's just years of your life, man. You think about all the years Sean was in Calgary. You think about the years Matthew and Johnny were in Calgary. That's years of your life that you invested in these guys and seeing them do well and hoping they would the team would do well because of it. And it just mm-hmm. kind of feels like uh, unsatisfactory. For Sean, it's a little bit different because he's getting an opportunity to kind of prove himself and get another contract after this one because yeah. it's the last year of his deal. Whereas with Johnny and with Matt, it's just like, damn, we invested all those years of our lives and that was re- it didn't result in a cup. So it kind yeah. of feels like a disappointment. It, it's complicated. This is it the is. human element of sports. Absolutely. And, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. So just breathe, take the two points and, and go. Just just yeah. take them and go. Uh, and the thing here is that I'm pretty sure that Columbus comes to town this month. And yeah. that'll be fun. I'm sorry. I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward. They're wearing their Blasty jerseys during that game. So you know it's going to be an exciting and just goal-filled game. But coming up next, we are going to talk about, well, the people who are going to be stopping the goals on the opposite end. And that would be – Yeah, right. Please. Please, I I beg you (laughs) to know how to stop these goals. But, of course, that will be Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. And thank you all for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Flames pod. Vladar, he looked pretty good the other night. I I just have to say that. 
Florida generates a lot of offense. To only concede two goals in a game, like, yeah, they had a post. Yeah, they missed a wide open net. That's hockey. Uh, if I had wheels, I might be able to roll downhill. I don't know. That's the kind of thing. That's why doing the, uh, well, they did this, they did that. But they didn't. The final score was 6-2. to two. The Panthers had plenty of opportunities in that game to make it close. It definitely felt closer than 6-2. to two. I will concede that point because Florida generates so much offense. But Calgary was firmly in control of that game. And that's the thing. And we talked about this in the preseason. We talked about this last year. Mm-hmm. But just you got to manage Markstrom's workload. He hasn't played great this year. But you got to get your backup to the point where the backup has some confidence in their game. It's really hard to play as a backup goalie in the NHL. You only get a start maybe once every eight, nine days. That's really hard to find a rhythm, especially at a position like goalie, which is so dependent on being in a rhythm. That is such a hard position to play to begin with. And that's when you're getting regular repetitions. Like you can say, well, he's at practice. Being at practice is never going to be the same thing as being in game. Game reps and practice reps are very different from each other. So it's really encouraging that Vlidar was able to have a a good game on Tuesday. If your backup's only conceding two, you take that 100 times out of 100. If you lose two to one, two nothing, you know it's not on your goalie, the reason you lost that game. That's the biggest thing right now for the Flames is the goalies have been the reason they haven't won a lot of games, have lost games, have had to go to overtime in some games. If you can just get consistency, if you get that save percentage, keep incrementally ticking it up. Like like we were saying before, it reached a low point the first time they played Florida where it was like 887. Now it's up to like 903, 904. That's only a four-game span. That's not a huge sample. But that's the kind of incremental improvement that's going to be imperative for the Flames to get on a run here. Because the offense looks like it's getting there. The the rhythm is there. They're putting up four or five pretty much pretty consistently. The defense is still a work in progress, and it's part of the reason the goaltending hasn't been as good as the workload is more challenging. But there is opportunity here for the Flames if they get the goaltending sorted out. And even if the goaltending is only slightly above average, that's better than what most of the teams they're in competition with. Edmonton's goaltending situation is a mess. Minnesota's goaltending situation is a mess. Nashville's goaltending situation, Soros hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year. And St. Louis's goalie situation is a mess. That's the thing. You don't need to have Markstrom be what he was last year where he was like a 924, 925 save percentage guy. If he's just like a 910, 15, they'll easily be have the best goaltending situation of all the teams they're in a competition with for those wild card spots. They might even be able to leapfrog the Kings, who are, I think, three or four points ahead of them. They just waved Cal Peterson, as we were talking about before we started recording. Them and the uh, the Kings decided to play American football as opposed to hockey. Yeah. And th- that's the thing. If you can just get above average goaltending in the lead right now, you're going to have a top 10 goalie. Because th- aside from like Ilya Sorokin and Hellebuck, nobody's playing that well in net right now. Even Shesterkin, who won the Vesna last year, he's only been okay as opposed to great. So if they can get Markstrom and Vladar to slightly above average, they'll be in great shape. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like, especially in the Pacific and the West as a whole, there's no true, like, only Hollabuck. Yeah, like that's it. That's and, it. And Winnipeg's and, not that good. So no, and you have to play like again. If you can coast by and preserve your energy for the playoffs, you don't need to play at one hundred and fifty percent against teams like the Ducks, like 
I don't even know the blues. Like you don't have to do that. And if you can just snag two points for every game you're playing, or, you know, even a point here and there, it's fine. Like all of these points matter. And, you know, we said it in the shortened season, but they still matter now too. It, It doesn't just go away. And the, the Pacific division is one of the, I think that the roles kind of flipped this year. Like last year and years past, the Central has been a lot more competitive versus the Pacific. And I think that that's just kind of flipped this year. But I I like what we're seeing right now. And I think it makes sense for Vladar to get these starts in these big games because, again, he needs to find his rhythm. And tonight, Markstrom's in net against the Habs. Golden opportunity. Yeah. He just has to find himself. They both have to find themselves a way to, you know, muscle memory and everything. You know, I'm not a goaltender. I played goaltender in U12 soccer and U5, whatever, but that's it. No one was kicking the ball towards me. But I think that you just, like, you have the basic mechanics and fundamentals for a reason. Use them use them wisely don't like Markstrom had so many highlight real saves last year and I don't think we've seen many of those this year and that's okay because that means he's not getting hurt or not risking getting hurt and that I I'm gonna knock on wood there because I do not trust myself you know I feel like half the Flames team is expecting like their first child too. Uh, Markstrom is one of them and I'm sure that he's exhausted from that and yeah. we saw it with Rasmus Anderson his first year that his child was born was the worst year of his career and I don't blame him because he was 24 years old with a new baby that's a lot of work yeah but and again that's the human side of it it's not just blinders on hockey you have to realize that like these are real human beings doing real human being things like the rest of us but just with more money in their bank accounts yeah i was gonna say yeah but they drive a g-wagon to the rink yeah. instead of yeah, <laughs> that, that's really the only little gas tank thing flashing no. saying no please please fill no. me up the last thing I want to say on this goaltending is impossible to predict year to year, but this is even like, uh, there is no formula to understand goaltending. There is no like, yes, you can track over a course of a long period of time, like goals saved above expected and things like that. But year to year, there's not really consistency with that statistic, which is usually how you evaluate goaltenders because goaltending is so dependent on what happens in front of them. You think about all the fluky, random, weird goals that happen over the course of an NHL season where a goaltender's in a perfect position and then the puck hits something on the way in and it goes right past them and they never even see it. It's so difficult to predict year to year. And it's why, even though Markstrom was outstanding last year, all it takes is a couple good starts in a row to get into a nice rhythm and then this isn't even a conversation anymore. That's really it. But at the same time, like, we talk so much about last year because of how much of an outlier it was. You can't necessarily just, like, cut, copy, and paste that into this year and into whoever's game, even um, Shesterkin. Like, you can't just be like, hey, you won the Vesna last year. Let's do Do this again. again." Like, (laughs) it doesn't work like that because if it did, there would be, like – 
we call it a copycat league for a reason, but sometimes you can't, you just can't do that with goaltending. It doesn't work. No, goaltending is impossible to forecast. It, it's the it's why if you're by if you're constantly looking for a new goalie, you're probably not going to end up with good results because the goalie carousel usually doesn't bear a good fruit. I mean, I've been very lucky as a Ranger fan to go from Hank to Shesterkin, but for the most part, most of y'all out there struggling going from goalie A to goalie B. Like the difference between Ilya Samsonov and Cam Talbot is negligible at best, but you got to roll the dice and see what you end up with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why I'm so grateful that Jacob Markstrom said, I will take less money to come here instead of go to going to Edmonton. And that's, that's just my favorite thing about Jacob Markstrom. He, he truly, I, I think the last, no, it was two years ago, that free agency was Brad Tree Living's best and potentially the franchise's best free agency with Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom uh, coming over from the Canucks. And, you know, both are now expecting children. So that's the Calgary magic. That's the Lake Louise water or whatever y'all have going well, on. As you said about Matthew Kachuk, there is nothing else to do in Calgary, Jess. Wrong. You're not wrong. It's why all of all of the guys in Major League Baseball, because there was a strike in the spring where they missed the first two weeks of the season. So everybody had a kid the first week of September because yep. they were locked. They were just sitting around, not a lot to do when there's no when there's no work. There's not a lot to right? do as a professional athlete. And they're like, well, we can't do like really like baseball related things or yeah, like we can't use our name, our image, or our likeness yeah. or anything. So. Well, better go put it to work somewhere else. And, yeah. uh, well, congratulations to everyone who is expecting and has had children. Um, yeah. If you need a babysitter, you can pay for my passport. Um, <laughs> I, I'll send you my references. I uh, used to nanny. So, yes, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames and uh, Locked on Babies. Thank you all. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto, and you can follow the show at LO underscore Flames Pod. And of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, Nick, go ahead and plug your Twitter. You can follow me at Nick Zararis, Nick Z A R A R I S. I never stop tweeting, I never log off. Um, yeah, no, there's I just I've put out content every single day this week. I'm tired, Jess, but I love doing the show. This is fun when we get to do this once a week. Right. It's just, you know, it's chit-chatting with friends, and I hope everyone yeah. listening is kind of enjoying themselves. I imagine, you know, a 20-something-year-old sitting in traffic, <laughs> going to work, and being like, ah, this is funny. But yeah, um, you, you're always more than welcome to send us screenshots of, you know, you're you tuning in and what you're doing um i my brain never shuts off so i'm always listening to something and um i hope that this podcast is that for you in some way shape or form and until next time where i'll recap tonight's game and hopefully that we'll have some sean monahan content because i love good sean sean monahan great dude